This episode of The Good Chat with Anita Annabelle discusses pregnancy and infant loss and may be triggering to some listeners. For details of where to find support, please head to the show notes. I'm Anita Annabelle and you're listening to The Good Chat, a podcast with honest conversations all in the name of, well, a good chat. It was so bad what happened to me that was either end my life or just like live life. One of the biggest things I think I've learned doing for my life is life's life's about giving. It's about giving back. For a while there, we were compared to like the Hilton sisters, which is hilarious when you saw us skateboarding up at Cronulla barefoot. On today's episode, I speak to actor, model, producer and director Tahina McManus. While you may know her as one of the famous Totsie sisters, Tahina has had a career in the entertainment industry that spans almost two decades. Not only was she a successful model, but she also acted in films such as Wolverine alongside Hugh Jackman. Most people, however, would recognise her from the cult teen hit Blue Water High, where she played Perry. And not only does she have fond memories of the show, but she would do it all over again. I had a blast. I would go back to that show in a second if they called and said, hey, we're doing some sort of reunion special. I don't know what we could do, but. Now, Tahina is married to Dancing with the Stars judge and Studio 10 host, Tristan McManus. And they have three beautiful children, Echo, Oshin, and Tig. At the time of recording, Tahina was nine months pregnant with Tig. However, her road to pregnancy prior to him was long and arduous as she suffered numerous miscarriages between her three children. This was the subject, among other brave stories, of Stan's 2020 documentary, Misunderstandings of Miscarriage, and her aim for the film, made by her own production company, Neon Jane, was simple. I guess the purpose of it was to take myself out of it and go, okay, what part what parts of my story can help connect the dots but to help others please welcome tahina mcmanus hello thank you so much for joining me on the good chat thank you for having me i'm very excited to be here Oh, I, for, for those of, of you listening, I have to say I'm in a little bit of shock because Tahina is due this week. She is due to have a baby this week and she graciously came onto this podcast to chat with me. So I could not be more grateful to you. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, it's it's I think because this is the third time around, you just sort of you keep going until base. I'll, I'll keep going until I have I physically have to stop. So, um, but no. So you've got two others, so, you know, two other beautiful children. How are they going at the moment? They're good. They're, I mean, you can probably hear them, like, just a little bit in the background. They're good. They're, I uh, feel as though they're sensing something's changing because they're acting out a little bit more than usual. Um, <laughs> but, look, I have really understood that um, probably with this third I probably won't be able to see people as easily and as frequently as I do. Um, I know the next six months are going to be a massive adjustment and probably the next 18 years are also going to be insane. (laughs) Um, But no, look, they're fine. They're like, they're they're the light of my life. They drive me insane, but they're also the light of my life. (laughs) 
<laughs> Your life has changed so dramatically and, and this is, you know, something that I think is so important for everybody to kind of hear your journey because you've had such an incredible career and it's changed so many times as well. And you come from such a talented family and you've obviously have your sister Cheyenne who is a model as well. How did you realise that you wanted to be in this industry? Well, look, I come from a really creative family. Uh, my my grandparents were circus performers, so we were always sort of destined to be in a creative field. Um, but I, with my my mother was a model. My father sort of did a million different things. He was always somewhat of a traveler um, and, you know, traveled the world and he, he would surf and teach windsurfing and lifeguarding and things like that. So they, they met each other just randomly. And I guess our household was always full of music and art and things like, so my sister and I were always sort of uh, subjected to, I guess, different cultures and art very early on. And I think because my mom was modeling um, and we never, the funny thing is, and that there was like always this idea that my sister and I were really pushed into the industry at a young age and it wasn't, we didn't get our first agents till we were in our teens because my mom knew all the photographers, knew all the magazine people from her career. And whenever they needed kids, they would, you know, contact my mom if, you know, my sister and I would be available. So we never actually took it that seriously. It was kind of something fun. We did with mum's friends. Wow. And it was only, yeah, and even uh, for me, I was always, um, and my daughter Echo is very similar, but I was always a performer. Like I always loved dancing and singing and putting on, you know, shows for the family and things like that. So we came from a really, um, what's the word, just very normal background. Like we weren't you know, spoon fed, like nothing was sort of given to us on a silver platter. We just sort of were young kind of bratty <laughs> surfer kids that, you know, like we weren't. And it, so it, it's really interesting when we read stories or people who, when we come across them, like, oh yes, you know, we know that you were sort of pushed into the industry young. And I was like, well, we actually weren't. It was, it was actually the opposite. We just kind of fell into it. And, um, you know, there were many moments where my sister and I would, kind of laugh and be like, what are we doing here? Because we were in awe of, you know, the other models, like Miranda Kerr would show up at David Jones and we'd stare at her just like, my God, how can someone be that beautiful? You know, like it was just... Yeah, it's strange. It's strange, strange way to grow up, I suppose. I'm so, I'm so you've told this beautiful story, and I'm so hung up on the fact that your family are circus people. Oh right, yes, what? yeah, yeah. That is so fabulous. What circus was this? It's um, well, it's a Dutch circus. So Circus Sidoch, which was my grandmother's um, and her family lineage, were circus performers, um, wow. traveling circus so performers, cool. and my grandfather. Um, who escaped the Nazi regime in Holland, was on the run and joined the circus and fell in love with my grandmother. And uh, that's their story. So they have an incredible story that I would love to one day turn into a film. Um, and actually, yes. um, Michael Gracie, who is the director of The Greatest Showman, uh, is friends with my sister. And he spoke a lot to my grandparents to understand their love story and about the trapeze because they were trapeze artists together. So I oh, know, crazy, right? 
I just got goosebumps when you said that. That is so utterly cool. I know. It's an insane story. I'm like (laughs) sitting here in shock. I'm like, what else do I ask now? This is incredible. And so, you know, you grew up in this industry feeling like this was just totally normal. How did you feel about having that narrative that you were pushed into this? Like that, that must be a little bit hurtful. Yeah, it was. But, you know, I mean... (laughs) The thing, what well, back in back in the olden days when we started, there was no social media and things like that, so we weren't subjected to the negativity and that sort of stuff until sort of later on, where we where we were adults by that point, and we could say, well, no, actually, none of that's true. Like, you know, we, I mean, for a while there, we were compared to like the Hilton sisters, which is hilarious when you saw us skateboarding up at Cronulla barefoot. Like, it was yeah. just a strange strange time but thankfully yes we didn't have social media so we weren't and I don't think we would have coped very well if we saw you know sort Mm. of what you know what I read today when people are attacked online and things like that it it actually just shocks me so um yeah it did bug me for a little bit but then also I kind of uh, human nature is a strange thing and I've come so far and I'm you know into my 30s now I'm going to be the mother of three and you sort of think yeah there's just (laughs) people are strange and sometimes Mm. people have nothing better to do than comment on what you're doing and it's not a reflection on you it's a reflection on them that's what you kind of always have to remind yourself and you know for somebody like me who grew up with you on television we're the same age even though I'm saying I grew up with you on television so that that can't be be right (laughs) Because we are the same age. Yeah, but yeah, Um, I get what you're saying. You know, yeah, and, and, you know, to to kind of, it's so interesting hearing that backstory because, you know, I just look at you and go, God, how stunning are these two girls on my Clio magazine? But it's funny, isn't it? Because it is rose-coloured glasses. I mean, like with anything, most of the time you you see the shiny stuff, right? You don't get to see what happens in the background. So, um, and it was one of those things, like, especially with with modelling, I never took modelling all that serious because I'm I'm short and you know like I never I just never it wasn't my thing um nothing wrong with being short (laughs) no that you know but like my sister my sister as well like got you know all of a sudden at 13 she was you know propelled into this sort of world of modeling and you know my mum was with her every step of the way and it's it's a really tough industry to kind of deal with Mm -hmm. and navigate and and for myself, I, I knew pretty early on that I wanted to be in film and television. Um, mm. And we, we're, we, we also, um, both my sister and I love music. So we were singing and we were like my sister now also is really pushing that side and because she loves music. And we were just always encouraged to do everything that we wanted to do. Um, and whether or not we made it wasn't such a big deal it was just I mean because again like I said we were always in awe of the people that were around us anyway so Mm. um yeah it was just but there were there were there were many a hard times behind all of that you know like for sure there was like I was saying before there was nothing that was I would say was an easy run Mm. Yeah. And I mean, starting modeling at such a young age and then getting your acting like career started straight out of high school. I mean, you were in one of the biggest shows in the country. Everybody knows Blue Water High. Hello. <laughs> but like, you know, what do you remember most about that time? And, and looking back on it, is there anything that you kind of were like, 
oh, I would have done this differently or um, if this was today, what would I do? Yeah. Um, look, I wouldn't have done anything differently. Uh, I, I absolutely adored being on Blue Water High. I love everyone that was involved in that show and I couldn't have asked for a better sort of springboard into acting. And then I felt like I mm. had a lot to prove because, again, the, the general narrative out there was like, she's a model, she's a Hilton sister version of, you know, and I, and it was so frustrating because I was like, no, I, I, I really care about this stuff. I work really hard. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I wouldn't have done anything differently because I just, I think I, I worked my absolute bum off to be there and to stay there. And then after that show, um, my, my mum got sick. So my sister was in New York at the time modeling my mom had to come back and do surgery. So I ended up going to New York to be with my sister because she was still only 16, 17 years old. Mm. Um, mm. And I was 19 at the time. So I ended up going over there and I studied theater over there and I waitressed. I waitressed and bartended and I was a hostess. And I did that for like two years, building up what I needed, the, the tools that I needed so I could have a career as an actress or and or filmmaker and um and again when you just see sort of the little jobs that come up here and there I'm sure that it seems like well she just sort of fell into it and it it, it yeah. really definitely wasn't like that at all what was it like especially back then because we're talking about like early 2000s right yeah yeah it was and it was a different time I mean even Australians at that point were still so unique you know now Australians are yeah. killing it overseas and it's like <laughs> oh you're Australian you're another one of them um, but at the time it was like, where are you from? You know, like it was just, it was so interesting. Like, but, um, no, I remember, um, I, even then what happened, basically what happened was, is my sister, um, her agent, they needed someone to model these. This is again, this is such a ridiculous story. Like it actually, but they needed someone to model these like bum filler pants for like a catalog job like just use the back of me because I was so little I was actually like quite like I was just little and um I could fit these like bum pants things and they were like oh well maybe we can get you some more catalog work it's like sure whatever comes up you know like for little people to model bum pants and then I ended up going on a commercial audition and that commercial agent sent me on a pilot audition and then that pilot casting director was like you should meet with an actual acting agent and that's how everything happened it wasn't again it just it I didn't walk into an agency and say I've arrived I'm here I'm off this show in Australia like <laughs> I'm it, here yeah you know like it was <laughs> it was one of those things and then I actually ended up signing with this agent this acting agent in New York then I came back to Australia and, and was able to sign with a proper agent in Australia as an actress because at the time I was still, again, well, certainly in my head, I just viewed myself and I felt like there was some resistance there um, where I was just viewed as, as a model. So I, you know, I, I, it felt good to go back and say I've actually studied for two years in New York and I've signed with an agent and that's kind of how the other roles came up and then I quickly realized and things took another turn. I quickly realized maybe I don't know if I'm cut out to be in front of the camera. Like I, I you know, like I, you, you need a very 
very specific type of thick skin and um, uh, it's you need to have a very, very specific type of personality to keep going. And I just wasn't sure I was one of them. So, yeah. So you'd rather be behind the camera helping other people achieve those kind of dreams but also doing these incredible things behind the camera and telling stories that way. Basically, that's kind of how it happened. Like it took a long time and it took a lot of like, you know, going back and I was always dabbling in writing. I mean, some of my earlier scripts and things like that are just shocking. But it's it's great to kind of know that at least that was always there. But um but yeah, I certainly from my perspective is that I I felt more myself because there was a part of me, I think after the success of Wolverine and things like that, there was a part mm. of me that sort of lost a little bit of like direction because so much changed so quickly. And I saw another side of the industry that I, I didn't love and another side of how people treated you that sort of scared me. And I didn't want to turn into someone that I didn't like, if that makes sense. So what scared you? I think the biggest thing was, is that, uh, there's just a lot that comes with the territory um, of, you know, being a, a big actress and not that I was ever, but when I saw, uh, I guess, how people treat you um, and then I think for me, again, the, the some of the criticism that came up um, for mm-hmm. whatever reason, um, I just wasn't... I, Certainly, if I'm not built for it, I just wasn't ready for it. I wasn't ready for um, to be scrutinized like that or to have that kind of pressure on me. Like you've got to get the next big movie and you've got, you know, like there was always this ridiculous word being thrown out. Like there's heat, there's heat, there's heat around you. And I'm like, I, I don't know what that means because I'm feeling really stressed out. You're just stressing me out to book this next big movie and I'm just enjoying you know, I'm 21 years old, like I'm still figuring out who I am, you know? So it was, yeah. it was just a lot to sort of understand and take in. And I was in a serious relationship. I, I'd never been in a serious relationship before. And it was just, there was a lot to deal with at, you know, 21, a lot to deal with. And that's kind of brings me to my next question about you were 21 years old and like when you were on Blue Water High, you were 18. I know. You know <laughs> who knows who, you, you know, you don't know who you are at those ages. Do you feel like you missed like a pivotal experimental age? Do you do you feel like you missed anything by being on a TV show so young? I don't think so. I mean, I've always been a pretty clean cut, you know, like, I, I don't take a lot of risks in life. Probably would have just stuck with, you know, waitressing and figuring out another course to study or something like that. I was just a little bit nerdy like that. But um, the uh, for me, I think the biggest thing was that I, um, the expectations I put on, I wish I could have taken those away from, from me at such a young age because you're supposed to try a million things. And I, I would love to, you know, I, and especially when I speak to younger people, women or or men these days who are like, you know, finishing high school and they have to pick what they want to be for the rest of it's your goals change, things change and you change and it's, it's okay. It's okay to kind of not know exactly what it is you want to do as long as you're happy and you're surviving and you're, you know, so, I mean, look, I think I got to live a pretty extraordinary, you know, 
but I, I wouldn't go back to my 20s no way like I just I, I'm quite happy to leave my <laughs> 20s know. But, you know but like <laughs> Me too. But I, had, I had a ball I had so much fun and I you know there was there was periods that were really great and there were periods that were really horrible and I'm glad for all of that because I wouldn't have come out the other end if I hadn't been through all of that to where I am now you know just for the Blue Water High fans listening, um, do you still keep in contact with that whole crew? Like, because you've all yeah. gone on to do such different things. Yeah, I do. We all keep in touch and we're all exactly the same as we were. You know what I mean? I did another film with Khan. Um, I, I speak with Adam a fair bit. Sophie Luck, who played Fly, I saw her in LA a lot. Um, Kate, uh, Kate and I haven't spoken a long time. Um, but I know that, yeah, like it's, we, we all stay in touch and it's even, I even saw some crew, um, only like a couple of years ago on, I was on set at something for ABC and I saw like one of the aid, like the assistant directors and I couldn't believe it because it just, that show was just so magical for me to be a part of. And it's so nice that, you know, I love that people still come up to me and go, you Perry from Blue Water High, because it still makes me feel like, oh, I must still look like I'm 18 years old. That's you cool. You do, though. But, <laughs> but, you but, do. But it, it, it was so much fun. Like, honestly, I had the best time on that show, and I I am so proud of it. And sometimes I look back and I look at some of my, like, you know, ridiculous faces and some of my acting chops on the show, and I think, oh, God. But at the same time, how are you supposed to learn? You know, like it was, yeah, it was, I had a blast. I would go back to that show in a second if they called and said, Hey, we're doing some sort of reunion special. I don't know what we could do, but I'd be there in a heartbeat. Oh my, can you imagine? Like everyone's like parents. There's this one <laughs> shot like where like, we're all running slow motion in our bikinis. I'm like, Oh, I would not do. I, that's one thing I wouldn't do in a heartbeat. No way. Imagine if you did it nine months pregnant, running through oh. the beach. It would what, be yeah. so good. I Waddling. think there should be a reunion. We're going to start a petition and this is going to happen. Once once you're settled in with baby number three, um, <laughs> we're going to make this happen. Um, and in terms of your babies, like Echo, we know, is such a performer and I couldn't even I can even see that from your Instagram. Like when she's singing, was she singing Let It Go in one of those videos? Probably. Oh, she's frozen. Crazy. Yeah, fro- Frozen took over our, our lives for a very yeah. long time there. Yeah. <laughs> and so she's such a little performer and you, and you said that before. Before, what if she turned around and said, Mum, this is what I want to do. I know this is what I want to do. We, Tristan and I have talked about this actually because she loves dancing as well and Tristan has a dancing background and he's like, absolutely not. I don't want her to go down that. And um, she has said. why? Why, Tristan, why? I think, you know what, I think a lot for the same reasons, I guess, that I turned away from acting for a long time was that mm. just the industry and the things you're exposed to and um, things that people say to you. It's, uh, but the more I realized, the more, the, the more I sort of start to understand the world, the more I'm sort of seeing that every little industry has its own little thing. Like there's, you know, you, it's even, so I just kind of go, uh, look, I'm not going to hold her back from whatever she wants to do. I will be very strict with her academically to finish high school though and probably do something at uni. Um, but uh, I look, she's as strong, like she's an Aries. She's so strong-willed 
And um, so, I look, I don't know how that conversation will go, but I, I will support her, of course. But if I can, I will also arm her with tools um, that I didn't have because also my, my mum and dad didn't have the experiences to kind of, you know, again, the modelling industry had changed so much from when my mother was modelling. So, you know, again, I don't, now I can't even keep up with how social media, you know, has changed, it's changed the game and I'm, I'm useless with social. I have no idea, you know, what to do with it. And everyone keeps telling me it's such a valuable tool and it's this and it's that. And I'm like, okay, or, 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 like, you know. Like, I don't know it, how. What do I do? Yeah, but, it, but it's that generational thing where, you know, mm. the industry might be completely different by the time Echo, if she wanted to. It could um, literally be Instagram, that's it. We literally might it, not even have television. Oh, well, who I knows? Mean, who knows? I know. Who it's, knows? It's but, wild. I, but Yeah, but like any parent, of course, I I want to protect her from some of the things that we had to deal with, mm. but, but at the same time, you can't. And, and like I said, it's actually not just the entertainment industry. It's every industry has an element of something that, um, you know, I think, I mean, look at what's happening in the political situation at the moment, like politics, you know? Mm. So it's just you have to be able to um, just arm your children with the best, I don't know, I guess the best information and just hope that, they, that they're going to be okay, you know. And I love how you do share a lot about your kids. What I find really what I love about you is that you're so open about everything and we, we get to see that side of you. Obviously there's things that you hide and you keep for yourselves, which is so important. What's that decision to show your kids on social media and, and kind of show your life? Yeah. Oh, look, we, uh, oh, we, were, very, uh, we were very private in the beginning um, and we didn't know because, again, uh, social sort of scared me. Um, and then I quickly realised that, you know, everyone was like, well, what do you, what is social media to you? And you think, well, you share the best parts of your life and yourself and, you know, they are the best parts of me. And that's kind of the reason, you know, and I don't, it's not like I have a private page for the kids where I just absolutely spam whoever follows that page with just pictures of them because, you know, they're my pride and joy. And with my, with my personal Instagram, I, I kind of only just limit it to a, to a few just to kind of, you know, not put them out there too much. Um, but I guess, but at the same time, um, you know, if you're going to put, you know, that's what I find that kind of hypocrisy of um, social media. It's like, who are you on your page? And I am this, I am that. And uh, here's my very curated page of all these cool things. And here's my cool version of my online self. But my real life is just, so I, I don't know. And I haven't figured that out yet, but, but that's what I'm saying. Like it is, it's, so I just, and I find my kids hilarious. And at one point probably they, they will turn around and say, okay, mom, you know, now just leave me alone and I'll leave them alone, you know, mm. like, but right now they're, hilarious to me and if they're painful for other people to watch I'm like I'm sorry but like I'm spamming your account with like dance videos but no, that's just what gorgeous. it is. gorgeous and I think that's something that you know makes you human and I think you know with Tristan the role that he is now on Studio 10 and you having this you know incredible documentary that that you've released and I think it just makes you human and we 
you know, there are so many people who relate to everything that you post and your kids and, and what they're into and what you're into. And I think, you know, it's so interesting that you say about sending, putting your best foot forward because I went to a premiere of a movie um, and I got all these messages and people were like, oh, Anita, that's so cool. You're at the premiere, you know, and a lot of, I get a lot of those messages because that's what I do as part of my job. But what yeah. they didn't realise was in the car on the way back from interviewing the cast, I was having a massive panic attack and couldn't breathe and the Uber driver had to pull Oh, over. really? And so, yeah, I mean, I get very bad anxiety. But no, because you know what I mean? Like, I used to get panic attacks. Um, and so I know what that mm. feels like, but I, I haven't had a panic attack in over 10 years now. Um, but it, it's horrible to it. They're, like they're horrible. Yeah. Where did yours stem um, from? I don't, I don't really know. Again, I, I think a lot of it was that perfectionist tendency in me to kind of like expect expectations from no one else but myself. Um, so if, if things went a certain level, um, I'd just go into complete. And it's funny, I don't know if you had this, but I remember knowing when one was going to come. Like I'd be like feeling all these things and I'd be like, I'm, I'm going to have a panic. And it's like I talked myself into it. But I did um, cognitive behavioural therapy. I did two of those sessions um, and they were just at a local, I can't remember where I found them. I think I Googled something and I just went to one of them and um, it's like I snapped myself out of it. It was really, really weird. But I, I, I struggled for a long time with them and then all of a sudden I didn't. So it was, yeah, really strange Thing, but but that, that that really helped me. Particularly with misunderstandings of miscarriage, the way you were so vulnerable and put yourself out there in that documentary, people went, oh, my God, she's a real person. Yeah, it's interesting because, again, like I've always actually been a really private person and it was one of those decisions that um, – and it didn't come easy. Like when I, I remember talking to Tristan about it and he was like, I don't know, I don't know if I want to do this. And it came from a place that actually, and that's when I sort of knew that this, I was on the right path is because it came from a place that actually wasn't about me. It wasn't about mm. um, my feelings or because the conversation was far larger than that. And um, I knew that, that the only way I could connect with people was well for certainly to create change the only way I could connect with people was to show that I too have experienced this and how best to do that so that was the only that I guess that was the catalyst for everything and uh and and, and by no means was it easy by no means do I um I mean I haven't watched the film since I like we finished the edit and I delivered it I haven't watched it since because it was just so much me on like, you know what I mean? Like it just, there's so much of my life up there, but mm-hmm. I had a, the, I guess the purpose of it was to take myself out of it and go, okay, what part, what parts of my story can help connect the dots for, to help others. And that's, you know, and that, that was the driving force behind the film. And, and um, that's the reason why I, why I did it. I don't think I could do another film again using myself, um, but um, it was really important that I did do it because there was just such a need for it at, at the time when I was making it. It's such a pivotal documentary. It's such an important topic and I've never experienced anything like that 
um, I've, I've never been pregnant. I've never lost a child. My mum lost a baby um, when she was a week old. So I've been around the grief of yeah. knowing somebody who's lost a child. But for you to put yourself out there like that is just, it, it's so its its so incredible. And I know that there are so many people who thank you for even taking a taboo topic and making it so normal because it is so normal. And I guess, you know, talk me through what has happened since. So this documentary has been out a few months now. So what's what's been the reception since? It's been incredible. I um, And again, nothing um, I expected. Um, the reason why I made the film, I thought maybe I could release it. I never even thought that uh, it could get distribution. Like someone like Stan would pick it up and actually mm. want to play it. Um, so, no, the reception has been amazing. And to a point where I, I got overwhelmed. I got so overwhelmed with messages and and that, you know, and, and the people pleaser in me was like, I've got to respond to everyone. I, you know, I want to know, like, <laughs> like, and for anyone listening, uh, please know, like I, I have read every single message. It's just very hard to respond to every, every single message when you've got the kids, you know, there you sort of on your phone. Um, so I just, but it, it has been wonderfully received, well received. And I, I, I can't be the only person to, um, take credit for it because we had an incredible team of people that really spearheaded the film and pushed for it. And, um, you know, I have an amazing producer, Kelly Tomasich and, um, this film studio, Neon Jane Productions, like the whole team behind it, um, was so incredible and all the women involved. So it wasn't just me. It was, it was all of them as well. Um, so, and, and, and since then there's been changes, you know, there's been people talking about it. I mean, we see what's happened in New Zealand now um, with legislation change. So I, I, I feel like the film came at that time where, you know, not, not to say that like women have a voice, but c- certainly like all of a sudden now um, I'm seeing more of this topic being openly spoken about on social and things like that. And w- when I was going through my experience, it, it wasn't so. I'm, I'm noticing that change now and if it helps one person, my job is done, you know, that's that's what I wanted to do. How have you been through this pregnancy? Has there been fear surrounding the, like, losing another one? Is that is that kind of what the mentality is or how do you, I just don't know how to, because I've never experienced it, I don't know how, how do you move on from that because. Yeah, well, it's it's hard and it's hard to kind of, yeah, um, I, and I, that, the reason why I did the film as well, so anyone who has an experience can kind of understand the mindset. Um, but certainly with uh, when I was pregnant with Oshin after loss, that was a very difficult pregnancy. This pregnancy, and I don't know whether it was because I was still working on the film and I was still editing it and I I don't know whether I had pro- I had processed so much of what I had been through that I felt like, not, I don't want to say relax because relax is not the right word, but I felt like more, um, I felt armed with the tools that I needed. If anything was to go wrong, mm. I felt like I could handle it far better than what I did the, you know, the times that it didn't work out for me. Um, and then it just so happened that this has been, you know, touch wood because we're not at the finish line just yet, but, but, um, I, I've had a really great pregnancy. I've had a really amazing pregnancy. It's been, I, I keep waiting again, touch with touch with, I, but I keep waiting 
for something to go wrong and it hasn't. And it's just, so I, 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 yeah, I don't know. And it's that weird way the world works sometimes where, you know, and not that I say that I, I, I guess I went through it to, that was part of my story, part of my journey. When I look back when I'm, you know, 95, I went through those miscarriages and those losses because I had to make that film. And maybe that was the, you know, that was part of it. So, um, yeah, it's been, it's been strange, but of course there's always anxiety and there's anxiety, you know, around the birth, there's anxiety post, you know, natal, like, of course there is. And it's just, I'm, um, I'm trying to just go with the flow as much as possible (laughs) as like ridiculous as that sound, but I'm really trying to just go, okay, like whatever, whatever will be, will be. And I'll cross the bridge if, you know, if something goes wrong, then I'll cross that bridge when it, when I get to it. And you've got such an incredible partner in Tristan. I think that's so, you know, he's so gorgeous, like in terms of personality inside and out, he's got this incredible positivity. And I love that you share each other's successes so wholeheartedly. And he's also obviously been an incredible support to you during this time. How is he feeling about everything now? He's good. He's in a really good place too. And I, I think the the part of the, um, the whole process of the film was both of us processing mm. what we had been through and also learning a lot about each other and kind of, um, like I said, the, everything has changed so much, even since we've been together, just the world has changed so much and becoming parents really changes you. And, um, we, yeah, I mean, we support each other and we, we really understand like, and I, I think a lot of it too is because we both come from a similar background, although he's a dancer and I'm, a, you know, actress and whatever, we, we still come from that sort of hustling kind of like next job, next job. And it's always about you as the individual, right? Like it's always about Tristan or it's about Tahina. And then all of a sudden you throw kids into the mix, you throw a marriage into the mix and you're like, I am so insignificant in this like big picture. I've got to just, you know, chill out on the like self-indulgence and realize there's like a, you know, a much bigger game to be played. And that's literally raising human beings to be good people. Like it's, you know, so our whole world is totally different now. And I'm like, both of us say we're glad we've been through what we have and we're glad we've had the fun we've had and, Um, because I just feel like we're at a place now where everything, and I I think I was saying this to you last time we had a chat, like I really, I don't like the word grateful or blessed, but but we really are like, we really are grateful for everything that comes along. Like, and we really, (laughs) yeah. yeah, And and we're also, (laughs) yeah, totally. And we're also very much like, you know, just normal. Like we're, you know, mm. you know, like we're we're not Hollywood royalty or anything like that. We're just like we're working parents too. That's it. Like that's what what it is. Do the kids have they seen? It'd be more with Tristan, I guess, because they'd be seeing him more on TV in the mornings. How, are they like, oh, that's this is just so so normal, or are they like, why is Daddy on TV? Uh, no, they, I mean it's normal for them, but they don't get it. Like they don't get like dad's on you know I I think Echo got asked what dad does and she was like oh he reads the news like you know like they don't really 
get it. And that's fine. You know, I don't like, they don't need to. So, um, but yeah, for, for the most part, they're just like, Oh, dad at work again, you know, or if I have to work, it's like, you know, they just want you to be there. They want you to jump on the trampoline with them and they couldn't care less what you do. It's I quite love funny, that. Actually. That's actually so true, isn't it? They, they really just like, you're just mum and dad. <laughs> you're just mum and yeah, dad. Yeah. Just, and yeah. it's, and it's, I feel awful sometimes when I'm trying to do things and it's, and it's that work-life juggle family balance that, you know, I just don't know how people do it. I, mm. I honestly, I sort of go, um, there, there are days where honestly I, 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 I struggle. I really struggle at that, that balance because mm. I think I, I can't do it all. I can't. So. so you and I connected through the Australian Women's Film Festival um, and it's something that I wholeheartedly support um, and it feels so important now more than ever in this, in this climate. What got you to this place of going, we need to do this? Um, again, it was, um, for me, I saw a gap. I saw, um, I was making a whole bunch of shorts, probably awful shorts, like as in, as in, uh, films, short films, not as in like physical, (laughs) like running shorts. Um, but I, uh, I, I, I just saw a gap, um, where I felt like there was a need for us to sort of celebrate, um, filmmakers that because there is it's a re- again it's a really tough industry to break into mm. and if you have the right people around you and you have everything all the boxes ticked as far as like your finances and things like that you can create incredible films and you know your career can take off but there's a lot of us who don't have that and don't have that platform and there's a lot of other female people involved in film, whether they're producers, sound recorders, composers, you know, art designers and prop, you know, that, like there's just so many women behind the scenes as well working that we kind of wanted to find something that would celebrate more of a female centric journey um, in filmmaking. And then also the stories that we tell mm. um, because we, we found that, you know, that's why we did the Bechdel test in the, in the festivals. It's like, how can we sort of flip the narrative on, like, what does it mean? You know, what are these female stories we're telling on screen? Um, and yeah, I just, I, I didn't see that. I didn't see that available for myself when I was submitting my films. Um, and I decided to like, like with the docker, I was just like, well, I'll change it. I'll see what I can do and, and see if I can help someone else who um, is sort of was in the same position as me. Um, and that's where AWFF and, and again, I, I, I can't take credit cause I can't take credit for it all. Cause Kelly <laughs> Kelly's has been amazing. my, um, yeah. Kelly's amazing. And she, you know, like we both sat down and really nutted out what we had to do, um, to make it work. And she came from it, from a producer side. And, um, so yeah, so that's how it all snowballed. And, and again, I think because there was nothing like AWFF out there, we had such an amazing um, reaction and um, it sort of again exceeded our expectations, much like the film did mm. um, of of what we um, what we wanted to do. And so, what are your plans to take this further next year? We would love to expand the fe- the, the actual festival, um, so it could we could play a lot more films. Mm. Um, we would love to showcase more films, but 
at this stage, we, we didn't know how many films would be submitted. We had no idea, um, I guess, the interest. Um, and then we would like to also expand, um, I guess, you know, we would like to celebrate the editors and, and like I was saying, the composers and, you know, um, set design, things like that, that, um, you know, traditionally is, is very male dominated. We would love to see more women working in those roles behind the camera, not just the director or the producer or, you know, just those other small roles because, you know, being on a set is exhilarating and there's so many different roles to play. Mm. Like there's just, you know, so um, that's what we're hoping. We're hoping we can celebrate and encourage more females to, to jump into the industry and, and you don't have to be, you know, a powerhouse director or producer, you could be, you know, you could be recording the sound and that's awesome and that's great and we need more of you. So that's what we're hoping. How exciting. It's so... It's always it's little mosquitoes so keep flying. Exciting. I keep doing this because there's like, there's like mosquitoes <laughs> flying by my face. Well, actually, you Sorry. should tell everyone where you are. You're in Tristan's gym, aren't you? Oh, yeah. <laughs> we're, I mean, I'm stuck now. Like this is the only white... Backdrop with all dirty finger I know, marks, I, made her, I made her go on camera, except now my camera's turned off, so she's staring at a blank screen, poor thing. <laughs> no, that's okay. But, it, yeah, I'm uh, Tristan's uh, man cave, which was a lovely, we had it set up as a lovely little, you know, retreat, but it's it's literally a man it's cave now. now. Man it's cave. doing my head in. Yeah, I'm looking at everything. Ugh. What's next for you after the baby, of course? Um, I, well, I have some other female writers that I'm working with, um, to develop a TV series and another film. Um, but their narratives, yeah, they're, um, yeah. Uh, so that, that's exciting. Um, I would love to kind of get them off and going, um, hopefully by mid year. Um, and then, yeah, look, I don't know as I, I have actually been thinking about going back to acting weirdly enough, um, so we'll see if if I we'll see how this how I go with the baby first. My my first priority is get the TV show up and running, and um and yeah we'll see. We still got more stuff with Neon Jane coming. That's really exciting. And AWFF twenty twenty two. Believe it or not, we'll have to start wild. planning very soon. Wild, just yeah. <laughs> absolute wild. And uh, you know I want to grow a veggie patch. There's a few things I kind of also like would love to do hobby wise. <laughs> So, you your know. dichotomy of your life is like, I have like a thousand children. I have a thousand projects to go on. I'd really like a veggie patch. Yeah, I, that's, <laughs> but that's how my brain works. It's just, it drives Tristan nuts too. Like he's like, can you just stop with the things? And I'm like, no, I can't. <laughs> no, no, no. This is what life is. Life yeah. is meant to be lived like this. Totally. So my final question for you is, and this is like my favourite question and I always feel like I have to explain it to everyone, but I just love this question so much. What piece of advice do you have for your younger self knowing what you know now? Um, the one piece of advice, if I could go back and tell myself something, is to stop taking everything so seriously um, mm-hmm. and, uh, to yeah, stop taking everything so seriously and that you're not the centre of the universe, basically. I know that sounds such good advice, you know, like in your twenties, you really do think like, well, it's all about me, isn't it? And then you really realize that, no, it's, it's a big world out there. And if we all kind of took ourselves out of our own heads and, you know, band together a little bit more, great change can happen. Um, So that's one thing I probably go back and tell myself, but Hey, got to learn the lessons to get there. 
You are an absolute joy. Thank you so much for doing this podcast while you were nine months pregnant. I will oh, never forget this. No, thank you. <laughs> Thanks for having me. Of course. And it's been such a beautiful chat. And honestly, Blue Water High reunion, let's make it happen. Seriously, that would be fun. I, I, I reckon the whole cast would be down for that. Absolutely. Oh, God, who do we talk to? Powers that be. If you're listening, this is going to happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I, I just can't remember the Southern Star Productions, maybe. I don't even know. Southern Star. Star that's right. Endemol? No. Yeah, Endemol, Endemol maybe ABC. Any yeah. of you guys. ABC. Hey. Anybody, if anyone's listening. <laughs> maybe I'll just go make it myself. <laughs> I'll get to that point. I'll yeah, just, I'll just what are it. we even doing? What yeah. are we even asking all these other people to do this for when you have your own production company? I know, I know. I'm just, I'm, I'm actually just being lazy now. <laughs> Oh, God. <laughs> yeah, lazy with your three children and your veggie patch. Yeah. Oh, and your million other projects. Oh, dear. Well, thank you so much. I will let you go and be a mother to your beautiful children. And good luck with the baby. I'm sure it's coming in the next day or two. I'm thinking. Don't yeah, quote well, I'm, me on I'm, it. I'm, but I'm it feels that way. Too as well. Yeah, I thought maybe uh, last night I was literally, I was going to send you a text this morning and be like, I don't know. Uh, but uh, it backed <laughs> off a bit. So we'll see. We'll see. Thank what you, baby, for waiting days. for me. Thanks for waiting for Auntie Anita. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much, Anita. I really appreciate it. All right, it. darling. It was so nice to chat. Big love. Big love. Bye. Bye. Well, that was such a good chat. On next week's episode, I am joined by the absolutely magical digital content creator, Denny Todorovic. Denny is non-binary and we discuss in depth not only their past career as a Cosmo fashion editor and celebrity stylist, but they also taught me so much about the queer community and how to be a stronger ally. It's an absolute must listen. And if you love this chat, please don't forget to rate, subscribe and review and follow me on Instagram at the good chat pod and at Anita Annabelle underscore. Make sure you tune in every Wednesday for another episode of The Good Chat. I can't wait to see you then. Bye. This episode of The Good Chat with Anita Annabelle discusses pregnancy and infant loss and may be triggering to some listeners. For details of where to find support, please head to the show notes.